The words of Jesus are recorded in Matthew 5, 6. And he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then he promises, for they will be filled. So let me ask you, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Because here comes your refill. Hey everyone, thanks for coming back to Get Your Refill. Before I get started, I really want to do some corrections that I did on the previous episode. Some things I said that were not entirely true. Um, Adam and Eve sinned three chapters into the Bible, not three days after their creation. Uh, it could be three days, but you know we don't know. Um, so it's it's they they sinned on chapter three is what I was trying to say. Um, and then sometimes I'm a little too liberal with my use of the word literally. And then the last thing I just want to emphasize that we can only defeat death through the power of Christ, not in and of ourselves. Um, but what's interesting is that even though I made mistakes, it's actually a good segue to our current topic. You know, when you make a mistake, you want someone to show you mercy. And so as, as you've shown me mercy, hopefully, um, let's be in awe of God's mercy. And I want to start by defining what I mean by mercy. And I'm going to do that by first talking about what mercy is not. You know, the first thing, mercy is not forgiveness. And though the Bible positions these two working together, like in Daniel 9, 9, it says to the Lord, our God belong mercy and forgiveness for we have rebelled against him. So even though they're next to each other, they're, they're still two distinct acts. Now I want to give you a very broad and generic definition of forgiveness. And this is solely for our purposes on this episode, but, but here's a disclaimer. I will say that if you are needing to forgive someone, if you are, you know, in the midst of hurt or brokenness or something like that, there are many other great resources other than just this, you know, this one blurb that I'm going to give you that can help you through that process in a God honoring and biblical way. So if you need some help finding those resources and really need to dive into what forgiveness looks like, um, feel free to send me an email and I'd be happy to, to help you out. But for our purposes, the 30,000 foot definition of forgiveness is relinquishing the claim to enact vengeance. It means that the offender no longer needs to pay back the offended. But mercy is not like this. So where forgiveness cancels the need for someone to pay back another for an offense, mercy is more of the offender not receiving the due penalty for the offense itself. Forgiveness is something that can be given. Mercy is the act of holding something back. Okay. So here's the other thing. Mercy is not grace. Now, maybe you're smarter than me, but I always thought mercy and grace were pretty much interchangeable. Um, Psalm 86 verse 15 says, but you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious. And I was always like, oh yeah, you're merciful, you're gracious. But again, they're not the same thing. Grace is receiving undeserved favor. So in light of an offense, grace is some type of benefit that was, that's given. It's not earned. Mercy is not giving someone the thing that their offense yields. So they're not getting what they deserve. Okay. So let me give you an example, just because I'm talking about justice. I'm talking about forgiveness and grace and mercy. So let me, let me give you a, a hopefully an example that'll clear all this up. My youngest son is, is four years old. And for the past couple of weeks, he's been waking up really, really happy because we're training him to not wet the bed and, and he's been doing a really, really good job and we're really, really proud of him. But this morning he woke up and he was, he was wet and he was just in tears and he was broken. And, and as, as his parent, the rules are you keep your mattress dry throughout the night. And, and because he broke the rule, it demands an action. 
And so punishment would be me spanking him and then making him like do the laundry and, and even, you know, this is an extreme example, but maybe buying new sheets and a new mattress. Um, but my mercy was withholding judgment from him. You know, I didn't spank him. We didn't scold him. We didn't reprimand him. And, and our forgiveness was releasing him from having to pay us back. He didn't do a load of laundry. We didn't dive into his piggy bank and, and, you know, pull out money for a new mattress or anything like that. And for grace, he got to eat a cookie for breakfast. You know, his actions did not earn the cookie, but because we love him, we overlooked his actions and gave him favor in the form of, of Christmas sugar cookies. Don't judge me, whatever. Now, in regards to us and our relationship with God, we didn't just wet the bed. You know, our sins are much more egregious. And in order to see God's mercy much clearer, what we need to do is we need to label our sins for what they really are. And, and we're going to do this by, by reading James 2.10. It says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. Meaning if you break even one of God's rules, it's as if you broke all of them. You're completely guilty before a righteous God. And Romans 3.23 says that all fall short of the glory of God. So all of us are completely guilty. None of us can stand before God with any form of confidence of righteousness in and of ourselves. Uh, again, the emphasis is in and of ourselves. And Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death, or it's an eternal death, a separation from God. The punishment for our law-breaking lifestyle is death. We are to be banished from his presence for all eternity. So in reality, we've all metaphorically peed the bed pretty badly. So, so now that we know how bad our sin is, let's see God more clearly. And we're going to do this by reading 1 Peter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. God, in his great mercy, or as Paul says in Ephesians 2, being rich in mercy, he's made new all those who place their trust in Jesus as their Savior. And they have an imperishable, undefiled, unfading, secure inheritance and salvation that is guarded by God until all is said and done. So we do not get what we deserve when we are in Christ. Our sins deserve judgment, but in Christ we're forgiven. In Christ we're reconciled to God and we have grace. But all of this is possible because we do not get the due penalty for our sin. Jesus took that actually upon himself so that we wouldn't have to. So do you see why we should be in awe of God's mercy? It's, it's because of his mercy that, that we can actually see him clearly. Without it, we'd be lost in a sea of sin that leads to death and destruction for all of eternity. But because of his great and abounding mercy, we're able to worship him and praise him for the good, gracious, loving, just, powerful, sovereign, and merciful God that he is. Amen. Now, I want to leave you with this. In, in Micah 7, the prophet talks about the degenerate age that Israel is in and how they've fallen away from their God. And Micah looks out at the people and he says, "What?" this is verse 1, What misery is mine? I am like the one who gathers summer fruit at the gleaning of the vineyard. There's no cluster of grapes to eat, none of the early figs that I crave. The faithful have been swept from the land. Not one upright person remains. So the people of Israel are not bearing any fruit. You know, the, the vines have no grapes, the fig trees have no figs. 
So looking around, it seems as though all the righteous have gone and everyone is just out for themselves and has forgotten about God. And if we're honest, this isn't too far off from the world that we live in today. And really, it's honestly not too far from where our own hearts and our flesh seem to take us. But here's the good news. Verse 18, who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. God delights to show mercy. It brings him joy to show you and I his mercy. And you know what that means? It means that if you don't know this God, it's not too late. Give your life to Jesus right now. Fall into his merciful arms and be born again and see God for the awesome God that he is. And if you are in Christ, then know that he is merciful for all those who are found in him. And we can exclaim with confidence, even in the midst of a broken world and, and our difficult situations, we can, we can exclaim just like Micah did in verse 7. But as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. Isn't God awesome? Amen. All right. Next week, let's keep going. Let's talk about God's grace. All right. Have a great, great week, and I'll see you next time.